Hello and welcome to the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, let's get into today's episode. So today I have a very special guest, my first interview. Her name is Vanessa Santarelli, and she just happens to be my shvesta, my sister, uh, she's on Instagram as your main concierge. Uh, so Vanessa, why don't you say hello to my audience? Hello audience. I'm here on my vacation doing this podcast after five or six mimosas now. So <laughs> yeah, we are making mimosas this morning. She's actually visiting me here in Arizona, as I mentioned on my last podcast. And, uh, she has graciously agreed to be, to do a little work on her vacation. So you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> she also slaved away this morning and made me a delicious myself and my boyfriend and, and her boyfriend, uh, a delicious brunch. Why don't you describe what you made for us this morning? Yes. We made a gourmet, um, started with the first course was a, uh, vanilla bean yogurt sort of parfait with macerated strawberries and some uh, orange zest from the citrus that's growing right behind your house Yum. and some toasted coconut and almonds uh, and chia seeds. So that was delicious and healthy. Was and then we went into the unhealthy portion of the meal, which was tons of bacon, uh, eggs with cheddar and uh, some French toast and some smashed uh, potato home fries. Yeah, everything was really good. I think the French toast was the highlight, that and the potatoes. Thank you. Yeah. I made the French toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were bragging about it enough, so it better have been good. So. Um, <laughs> so I would say, so if you go and check out her Instagram, you will see Get Ready to Get Hungry because, Vanessa, why don't you actually describe what your Instagram or what your business is all about? Sure. Thank you. So... I started my business, which is Maine's first and premier statewide personalized concierge and travel itinerary planning service. So it's a really curated Maine experience um, service for not just those who are visiting Maine from away, but for those Mainers who want to experience a destination in their home state that they've never gone to before. So it's all about um, tailored recommendations for lodging, dining, and activities with heavy emphasis on dining. So I'm very lucky because when I do go home, I usually go home at least twice a year and Vanessa just hooks it up everywhere. She knows the best places to go. She sets up all our, you know, a, a fun day with both activities and with amazing dining recommendations. So it is hard nice. work. Researching <laughs> involves me eating and drinking most of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough life. Um, so, so yeah, so her business is very centered around food, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have her on. I would say she is definitely as into and obsessed with food as I am, if not more. Um, but you know, she's not as obsessed with like diet culture. Um, but as we've, as you know, this, this podcast is, is also about just people's diets in general and what they eat because, um, you know, we like to celebrate food in our family. So, so Vanessa, where do you think, our our love and obsession for food comes from so our as you know very well our love and obsession for food comes from our family uh growing up with uh guido and giovanna santarelli um our grandparents who owned many restaurants in new york and then in maine our grand our father who was a chef 
and our mother, who is actually a really exceptional cook. So um, watching uh, our grandparents um, not just hunt and garden and um, forage, um, but also to create homemade pastas, homemade breads, homemade sausages, um, everything essentially made from scratch, including the sauces and desserts and everything in between. Yeah, so we we definitely celebrate food. Food is love in our family. Um, you know, I have this other side that's into, uh, you know, the whole movement of body acceptance and diet culture. And, you know, I think some of the differences between Vanessa and I, is she's not one that, you know, obsessively goes on diets like I do. I don't think I've ever been on a diet. <laughs> no, and that's good. And I actually, I, you know, I think the way, actually, I do think the way you eat is like an intuitive eater. So there's this whole intuitive diet like intuitive eating movement right now. And it's basically trying to get people out of this diet culture mentality, kind of like, I mean, like you described earlier, like we, <clears throat> we had the kind of healthy stuff first, right? You made, you took the Greek yogurt with macerated strawberries and, you know, almonds and stuff and you call that healthy, but then, and then the fattening food after. So basically what the intuitive dieting movement is supposed to, so like, instead of labeling like good and bad, it's just, food and it's just enjoyable, delicious food. Obviously there's some of that that's more nutritious um, and more wholesome than and lighter than some of the other choices. So it's it's basically trying to get people out of and we don't necessarily relate to these types of people because there are people out there that really, if they ate that French toast and they ate that bacon that we, we ate this morning, they would be sitting there like beating themselves up and wishing they hadn't eaten and being like, oh I need to go work out right now. Whereas we don't do that I and mean, we just enjoy it. Right. I mean, I think one of the most enjoyable aspects of life is to gather around a table or wherever you're sitting and enjoying um, beautiful food. And we're lucky in Maine because we have so many organic farmers, um, some of the best seafood in the world, um, you know, locally grown, sustainable um, fruits, vegetables, etc. Um, you know, and you know, so we get to eat locally sourced, sustainable food. And I never really obsess about whether I've eaten something that others might think is, you know, you know, laden with butter or calories, because, you know, most of the food that I consume is the highest quality, no matter what it is. Right. And so, you know, so you intuitively eat because you just eat whatever you want and you eat to enjoy it. You eat to experience different types of food, different types of cuisines. You don't beat yourself up about it. You just eat it and love it. I will say you did say when you were on the couch just a few minutes ago, you were like, all right, when we get back, it's going to be salads for lunch. <laughs> so, and I think that that intuitive, I mean, we've been, you know, and I've been saying on my, the last few podcasts that as soon as you leave, I'm going to, like, I knew you were coming to visit. It was right after the holiday. So I'm like, all right, let me get over this week. Cause I knew we'd be, you know, eating a lot of really heavier restaurant meals. Um, you know, that I probably, you know, try to eat a little bit lighter to, for me, I'm, I do want to lose a little bit of the weight that I gained over um, the holidays, but and and also the pandemic. But again, that's you're you're not supposed to want to lose weight in the, in today's society. So there's this whole like one side and then the other side, and but I think I think intuitively, you know, I think it's about just wanting to eat a little bit lighter because you've been eating so heavy. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I we're always incorporating fruits and vegetables and you know things that we know are not just nutritious, but taste really great into, you know, all of the meals that we have or our snacks or whatever. 
Um, and so, you know, yeah, I mentioned having a salad, but I, you know, I get up in the morning and whatever I feel like eating, if it's a 95 degree day, I'm more, I'm, I'm going to be interested in eating, you know, fruit and refreshing types of foods versus something that might be heavier. Whereas in the winter in Maine, right now it's 20 below zero over there. And if I get up in the morning, I may very well make myself that plate of French toast and bacon and be very, very happy and comfortable with myself doing that. But we're also wicked active. So, you know, Paul and I take hikes, we walk our dog, we, you know, incorporate activity into our daily lifestyle. So, you know, it just, you know, that's the way we do things. Yeah, Paul's her boyfriend. And and I am I'm I'm really glad that both of us have more balance than our father did. I mean, and I I've talked about dad on the podcast and how he had very little balance and how, you know, I think I think to I think what's important in today's society is finding some balance, right? Some, you know, inc- like just what you said, incorporating some veggies, incorporating activity, you know, getting out there and being fit. You know, I think if dad had done some of those things, I think his health would have been a lot different than what it was as, you know, he, I mean, he died way earlier than he should have with massive heart attacks. Um, so, so I am glad that, you know, both of us do have some balance. I, you don't binge like I do though, do you? Like I, I just, at night I just go ham, but you don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. I don't I, think. I do occasionally. Yes. Um, but I, you know, in the evening at home, I'll make myself like a huge bowl of pasta and eat like a huge bowl of pasta and then maybe have some leftovers and enjoy those leftovers later in the evening. I mean, there are times when I certainly binge and there are other days where, you know, it's like, okay, I don't feel like eating as much. So I don't, I don't, I obsess more about where I'm going to eat or what I'm going to cook myself than about, oh my gosh, like, you know, I also, you know, tend to eat because I like to taste different things. Um, so I tend to not, I used to, when I was younger, overeat and like I would eat and eat and eat until my stomach felt like it was so distended that I couldn't even move off the couch. Um, (laughs) but now (laughs) I, now. now I think I just eat until I feel satiated or at least like you know, okay, yeah, I'm good, but I eat more meals probably during the day than I used to. Like, I just sit down, um, you know, when I was younger and just eat and eat, 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 whereas now I'll eat a little bit of food and then go do something and eat a little bit more. I like to taste a bunch of different things. And I've actually, I wish, I need to be more like that because, like, I, I do stuff myself until I'm sick. I mean, and if I'm drinking, like I noticed when we were out at New Year's, like you would leave a couple sips of your cocktail. Like I'll make sure I finish that cocktail, even if I don't really want it. I just, I don't want it to go to waste. Like I am so anal retentive about finishing what's on my plate or not letting food go to waste. Like, Laws like that. And that's good. And I don't like to waste things either. And Paul and I got down here And, like, the breakfast portions are, like, for, like, 20 people down here or something at these restaurants. So Paul and I started splitting breakfast because we didn't want to waste. Um, And we also didn't want to, like, feel like, oh, you know, we have to eat this massive plate of food. Right. No, I think that's smart. All right. Well, so so I wanted to ask some questions. I mean, obviously you have an audience that's very interested in you. And so I wanted to get some of your opinions on some different questions. I don't think they're interested in me. I think they're interested in what I'm eating. Well, okay. <laughs> they well, want to eat, eat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So if you could, and again, like this is like, 
I know, like, if you ask somebody what their favorite <coughs> food is, there's obviously, like, a lot of favorite foods, but you just have to pick one, okay? Mm. So if you could only eat, if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only eat one thing forever, <laughs> what would you what would you bring with you? Like, if you could have it available to you on this island. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like I a thing. I can't pick one thing. I mean, you know, you I always one. said that if I was... You know, if I had one final meal and I knew that I could plan a final meal, it would be a 10-course chef's tasting, <laughs> um, but certainly uh, spaghetti vongole or linguine vongole would be like my meal. That's linguine with clams, white clam sauce, and real white clam sauce with the little neck clams, and a big, huge side of Parmesan cheese with a magnum of some kind of wine that would be fantastic with it. So, yeah, but when you go to, like, I love the way dad used to make uh, white clam sauce because he used to, like, chop up the clams and it was, like, part of the sauce. But I don't, I don't really like it when they're, like, the whole clams are just sitting there in their shells when I'm going out to a meal. Do you like that? I like it when the right chef makes it. (laughs) (laughs) When they know what they're doing, I absolutely love it that way. I mean, I think that they also incorporate some chopped clams into the actual sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mostly the liquor from the clams of that clam broth. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you could ban one type of food from existence, what would it be? Pickled red onions would be up there on the list. I love red onions. I love onions, but I don't like that preparation. I also uh, like scrambled eggs if they're scrambled well, but don't put, I'm not into the whole like runny egg on every kind of thing. That's, I can't do that. Um, I also don't like foie gras. I don't yeah. like offal of any kind. I appreciate chefs who use offal when they're trying not to waste any part of an animal. Yeah. Um, but foie gras seems, that just seems like a unusually cruel process to keep a goose in a cage and stuff it until it's like, you know, yeah. ready to rock and roll. But I just don't like the um, taste of innards in general. They taste like iron to me and I don't yeah. don't yeah. care for that. Yeah, I hate that taste. I mean, that's kind of, well. But pickled red onions, and I don't, you know, I don't get the putting them on everything like everybody's doing right now. That's, I, I hate it. Well, pickled red <laughs> onion is actually sweet, right? Because of the sugar they put it's in it? It's sweet, but it has a sour component that I just, is off-putting to me. If there was a way to pickle it without putting the sugar in it, I think I would like pickled onions. Like, mom, I mean, I love pickles. Like, I love pickled peppers. I love pickled just about everything. But there's something about pickled red onions. And when I see them on something, I'm like, no. Nah. Well, when we went home for Christmas and mom made that salad with tomatoes and the cucumbers and the onions. And it was just, I think it was just... Uh, was a cider vinegar with olive oil. Yeah, that's a vinaigrette though. Like if it's in a if it's in a like vinaigrette type preparation, that's fine. But the the actual those pink looking yeah. red onions on anything, I will scrape them off every day of the week. Well, because I ate those onions from her salad like days later, and they were soggy, and they I mean they were kind of pickled at that point, but they weren't like the pink ones that you're talking about. So yeah, I don't like the sweet ones no. because the, and that's the traditional preparation. So. <laughs> Anyway, okay, well, those are good ones. All right, um, if you could meet any famous chef, who would you choose? Oh, gosh, Anthony Bourdain. I know, <laughs> so sad he's gone. I okay. wish he was back, and I wish I could have met him. Um, my friend Chef Melissa Kelly from Primo was friends with him, and um, we watched that episode when he came up to Maine for no reservations last night, as you remember. Um, I, I would have loved to have met him. Yeah. But there are so many chefs that I would 
I would really love to meet. Yeah, I would love to have a cocktail with him. <laughs> He's a big drinker. <laughs> um, if you could take a cooking class from any famous chef, who would you take a cooking class from? Oh, gosh. From? Uh, oh, I don't know. That's just so hard. Pick one. Um, I, I don't know what to say about that. Maybe, I mean, there's so many chefs. I know. Pick one. I can't just pick just one. Just pick one. I, uh, I mean, no, I can't. I can't. It's too hard. I mean, you know, if you, I don't know how to pick that. I mean, you don't know any chefs then. I, uh, yeah. You're no, being exposed as a fraud right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Giada De Laurentiis? I mean, Giada, I don't know that I would, con- I mean, is she a chef or is she a cook that does her cooking shows? I mean, Giada is extremely, exceptionally talented. Barefoot Contessa? I like her. Yeah, but Ina Gardens, I mean, so I think, you know, like Alex Guarnaschelli is oh, like really her. exceptionally talented and, you know, one of the Iron Chefs. And, um, but then, you know, there's also so many, I mean, you know, you could, I don't know. There's just so many. I mean, there's a bunch of like European chefs and others that I don't even know who they are that I would, you know. All right. Well, that's not thanks, a good answer. Thanks for answering that. Well, <laughs> thanks for answering. Um, okay, we'll move on. Most overrated food? Again, I'm going to say foie gras for sure. I just don't like the taste of it. And I know that um, it's a chef-y type dish. Um, but yeah, I think that that's very, very overrated. Um, And I think that there are a lot of simple foods that are underrated. I mean, like bar snacks, like deviled eggs. Um, You know, you go to certain restaurants. I I love them. So good. Actually, my friend, Chef Mel Wolfertz, who owns a good company restaurant in Rockland, makes my favorite deviled eggs. But a lot of chefs now are, you know, making really whimsical and fun um, deviled eggs. And, you know, but there are bar snacks that I think people kind of like you know, don't necessarily look at as like elevated cuisine, but they I have. think those uh, sausage stuffed olives that are breaded and fried at Primo are like <laughs> those are the amazing. best bar snack ever. Those are delicious. Oh my God. Yeah. They're so good. Um, okay. So besides the white clam sauce, what's another favorite pasta dish? Um, well, the um, sausage and orchette, the sausage and um, uh, broccoli rabe with orchette, that's mm-hmm. another favorite of mine, that. classic dish um, that I absolutely love. Um, I love the, um, you know, arrabbiata sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. I love my shrimp scampi because it's the best on the planet. <laughs> Better oh, than right. your scampi sauce. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, you know, that pasta that we had at Gentleman Farmer in Maine with the mm, uh, that shred, yeah, that was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there are so many pastas. Um, yeah, and Chef uh, Sarah Jenkins makes a um, this crab pasta that's uh, with lemon and it's really bright and it's like a spring-like pasta that's really wonderful. So you know, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. What's uh, your favorite dessert? Or a favorite dessert? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I'm pretty partial to ice cream. I know that sounds boring, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I That's love, okay. there are just too many desserts and I, I love sweets and I have a big sweet tooth. Uh, yeah, ice cream's a good one. Although, um, what kind of ice cream do you like? Joanne Kelly, uh, Chef Melissa Kelly's mother, makes this cheesecake that is 
the best cheesecake I've ever had in the world. And Ma's key lime pie is high up on that list too. Mm. What's your favorite ice cream? Um, butter pecan is up there. Grape nuts ice mm. cream is definitely up there. Although everybody, every time I say grape nuts ice cream, people. <laughs> I never would have thought I, you introduced it to me. I never would have eaten it. If so you good. I know because I don't like grape nuts. Grape nuts are like terrible taste. I don't like grape nut cereal either just to eat it as cereal, but in the ice cream, mm. I'm obsessed with it. I know. It's so good in the ice cream. Yeah. Um, are there any foods you used to eat that you would never eat again? That's a good question. Um... I know one that you said recently, but I'll let you answer. <laughs> I actually don't even remember. What when, what did I say? Well, you said, do you want me to tell you? Well, I don't remember. I don't what would you say if I didn't tell? I'll tell you after you answer. I don't think I, I, dishes that I used to eat that I don't, that I wouldn't eat anymore. I, you told me you wouldn't eat octopus anymore. Well, I eat it if, if it's part of a chef's tasting menu and the chef makes it, it's, you know, and, and if they know what they're doing, if they know how to prepare it, <clears throat> octopus is very delicious, but once I saw my octopus friend or whatever that movie yeah. was on Netflix, I felt so guilty and bad um, because they definitely have brains and they have feelings and they have emotions. But so do cows and so do pigs and so do other animals that um, we eat. So, you know, I can't take the moral high ground on one type of, you know, dish and, and food um, and not take the same position on others. I, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, I guess, in that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think there's just a new level of consciousness. Like as you, as you find, like, I mean, we were raised with our family hunting and, you know, our family owned a veal farm. I mean, that's very controversial too, but uh, you know, I mean, and, and our Nana would hunt and use the whole animal. So she you know, used the whole animal. So yeah. I have zero problems with people who hunt and zero problems with people who hunt and use the meat. And she used the hoofs for the base of lamps. She had the hide tanned and she used that for other things. I mean, she used the entire animal. So I have zero problems with that. Yeah, no. And and I, I think because of the way we were raised that it's part, you know, and I just, I don't think I could ever go vegan or even vegetarian. Like I think I'll always incorporate some meat into my diet, but I definitely am eating less meat. Uh, I just have, you know, sometimes looking at a steak, if it, there's blood around, ugh, it just like totally, like sometimes I'll order a steak and then it comes and I just, I have no desire for it anymore because there can't be any blood. I've tried to cook a steak before and there was, I was like, oh, I just totally like got queasy and felt guilty. And I don't know. My chef friends make fun of me because I always order my steak medium, like yeah. real medium, not medium rare, not rare. And of course, medium rare is supposed to be like the way you're supposed to eat a steak. But well, remember when dad cooked that prime rib and it was like purple in the middle? Gross. Like, it was no. gross. Yeah. I also don't do the like, you know, I mean, a lot of people do duck or squab or things like that where it's just, you know, seared and served rare. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I like roast duck. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's a dish? And I know you've talked about some already, but hopefully you can choose a one that you haven't mentioned so far. But what's a dish that you prepare that you're really proud of? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my meatballs are legend. <laughs> my scampi is legend. My crab meat stuffed mushrooms are legend. Mm. I mean, you we can go on all afternoon. We'll be here all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> She's very shy, as you I'm, can tell. I'm just telling you that I'm an excellent cook. <laughs> I We need to have you make those um, stuffed mushrooms again soon. Those are so good. Yeah, I love mm. stuffed mushrooms. Uh, what's one of your favorite bottles of wine? Uh, Gosh, the best bottle of wine I think I ever got to enjoy was a, a bottle of La Fleur Petrus, um, 
which was like I literally teared up and tears are coming down my face. <laughs> Is it red or white? It's red. Okay. <laughs> it's French. Okay. And it was an old vintage. Oh my and god. I was yeah, no. That was ridiculous. How much I is also it what? Is it wicked expensive? Yeah. The vintage I don't know. I I didn't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> um I also got to taste um I mean I've I've been really fortunate. I've had some exceptional bottles of wine. I mean but the Stag's Leap Fay, um, big California cab mm-hmm. is like, I mean, if I see it, I have to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very rare thing because in Maine, we don't get a lot of wine allocated to our state. Um, wine allocations for a lot of the really, really nice bottles of wine often go to, or the expensive and rare bottles of wine go to places like New York City or, um, you know, California, or the, the cities where, you know, there's more there's higher demand for those sorts of things we have, but you know, I mean, listen, I, I, Paul has taught me, Paul, my boyfriend is sommelier at uh, Primo restaurant. And, um, you know, he's taught me so much more about, you know, finding great wines that are at way more affordable prices than the ones that I just talked about. So has he ever tried to make homemade wine? No, no. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think like, no. <laughs> what's, what's one of your favorite cocktails? Oh my gosh. I'll tell you what, uh, I just had one of those cucumber margaritas over at uh, Elote up in Sedona, and that was pretty incredible with the tahini rim. Oh yeah, uh, I'm all about that, but um, I, I could go on and on about favorite cocktails too. Yeah, I love cucumber cocktails. Um, what's the most, an- what's one or the most annoying faux pas that you've seen in the food scene or the restaurant scene? Um, I have several pet peeves. <laughs> I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves is, um, that everybody at a table, nobody should have ever have to ask for water. Yeah. And if one person at the table asks for a glass of water and the server brings one glass of water over to the table, that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Um, that's one of them. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on European food versus American food? I haven't been to Europe except for Northern Ireland, so I guess I'm not really an authority on that at all. I, 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 I'm looking forward to going to Europe, um, and going to the motherland and getting an opportunity to taste food over there, but I couldn't say. Okay. All right. Um, you don't have to name the place, but describe one of the worst dining experiences you've ever had. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I was at... An Italian restaurant in Maine, um, and the owner, I like grated Parmesan cheese on the side of my pasta all the time. And yes, sometimes when it has seafood in it. So I don't care what people think about that. I will always have Parmesan cheese. And, um, and the actual dish, the pasta I was having was like a bolognese. So, I mean, nobody should flip out about it. I wasn't trying to change the nature of the dish. I wasn't trying to change the ingredients of the dish. I asked the server for a side of Parmesan cheese with my pasta because some of the other restaurants where the chefs are like the best of, you know, in Maine, James Beard award-winning chefs, they have no problem giving me a side of Parmesan cheese. And the chef actually came out of the kitchen, sat at my table, and told me that I wasn't Italian, (laughs) um, that I didn't know what I was talking about, and continued to berate me. And I told him his food sucked, um, (laughs) that the prosciutto that he served to our brother looked like a ham steak, that it wasn't sliced 
thinly enough that my meatballs were way better than his and I didn't care that he came from Italy. His food was gross. <laughs> and yeah, so I had a problem with that experience. I remember I went to this place in California when I used to live there and it was supposed to be this most amazing Italian restaurant, homemade pasta, blah, blah, blah. And we sit down and the pasta I ordered, and it was like an open kitchen so I could see the chefs. And they sent over my pasta and it was, it was literally mush. I mean, it was so ridiculously <laughs> overcooked. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I did not want to right. send it back. I hate sending food back. And these chefs are right there. They can see me. Oh, well. And I was like, I can't eat this. Like, I'm not going to eat a pile of mush. They basically told me that because it's homemade pasta, it's it's like, it, that's how it comes. It's like impossible to get it out that day. I'm like, um, my Nana used to make homemade pasta. My dad makes homemade pasta. Give me a break. If it's a real chef and they're, they take pride in what they do, then they'd actually appreciate food coming back to the kitchen if it's not made properly. Exactly. So. So, anyway. Um, don't try to get one over on a true Italian. Ah. <laughs> um, okay. And then describe one of the best dining experiences you've ever had. Uh, so I've been many. so fortunate. I mean, you know, and I actually think that all the time that I, even though, you know, I feel like I work hard and I, you know, earn your dog's jumping the fence over there. That's okay. Um, <laughs> um, that, um, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to have so many incredible meals at so many different restaurants. Um, to, to, to pick one experience I think would be difficult. I guess I would say that the experiences that I look fondly back at the most are the ones where we had our family around the the table um, around the table that grandpa made and um, the food that they made that was homemade and made with a lot of love. So those yeah. were my favorite meals, I think. Yeah. I think that like when I remember when Nana took us fishing one time and she, she brought homemade sausage rolls and she had these homemade venison cutlets in yeah. them. Oh my God. And I, I wish at that time that I like, I never liked spice before, like back or like, like hot peppers or anything. But if I had had some, some bananas, hot peppers on there, so that were like pickled or not pickled, but like in that brine on that sandwich. I liked it when she put her sauteed broccoli rob with the garlic and everything on those sandwiches. Those were killer. That would also be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, I hope this uh, podcast made you hungry. <laughs> it made me. Visit I'm ready Maine. for another meal. Come to Maine. <laughs> um, well, I, I think that's a good uh, ending point. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Vanessa. And please go and follow Vanessa at Your Maine Concierge. And if you uh, if you want to visit Maine, Maine is a beautiful, beautiful state. Uh, Vanessa will set up a, an incredible experience for you with activities and dining. As as you can hear, she's an expert in the field. Uh, anything else you want to share with our listeners, Vanessa? No, but I'm hungry, so I'm looking forward to what our next meal is going to be later today. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, feel free to DM me. And I hope all of you have a very balanced week. And stay tuned for more great episodes.